Today's podcast is brought to you by both of our businesses. Number one, Current Media Co., where we create video and marketing content for brands and people. If you've got a brand or you're a person, let's create some cool shit together. Email me directly, patrick at currentmedia.co. That's patrick at currentmedia.co, not .com. And our most delicious business, Our City Coffee. Coffee that cares. You know, every bag we sell, we give back to a kid here in Los Angeles locally. We've also teamed up with some really cool nonprofits over the past year that we've given back to them as well, including Beat the Streets, Fight for the Forgotten, the Kevin Harvick Foundation, the Boys and Girls Club. All that being said, of course, we, we want to give back with the coffee, but the coffee's really damn good too. To show our appreciation for you listening to this podcast, use the code BS and you'll get 15% off any and all purchases of our coffee. That's rcitycoffee.com. Use the code BS for 15% off. Today on the show, we've got director, producer, Micah Brown, fresh off his 30 for 30 Chuck and Tito that just came out last night, actually. Was gracious enough to give us 30 minutes of his time here. He had just gotten out of his old high school. They did a really cool screening for him of the documentary. And if you haven't watched the documentary, it's damn good. It follows the UFC from its beginning to its first real stars, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. We talk about how it came about, how long it took to put all this together, logistics of all this, the process of putting together a full 30 for 30 movie, something we've tried to do in the past, weren't successful. We talk about that part. We also talk about potential new UFC-based, MMA-based 30 for 30. Really cool guy, really fun conversation. This is also our first podcast that we didn't actually do in person. We were going to do a Zoom conversation. He was having logistical issues on his end because he was in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. As we like to say, knees bent, head on a swivel. We ended up adjusting. We just FaceTimed, put it on camera. So the audio quality is a little off, but still pretty solid. And you still get the same damn picture. If you're watching on video, obviously I'm videoing a phone. A little different than what we normally do, but I think it turned out really damn good. Again, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. Right now I'm in Nebraska. My uh, my parents live here, and so my high school rented out a theater for me, and they showed the film last night. So ah, that's cool. How cool is that? Yeah, it was cool, man. It's like the local theater. There's another filmmaker in town uh, that was the creator of the Blacklist, hmm. and he made a little movie theater. They like show like boutique films and all this stuff, and then they screen the Blacklist every week, and he does like a Q and A. And so they redid that movie theater, and so I was there and watched it last night when it came out. It was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah, that is that's cool. super cool. How did you? So you you played at Kansas, right? Football. Yeah, played football and ran track at Kansas. Okay. Yep. What? How old are you? You gotta be right around our age. A little younger, I bet. I'm thirty. Yeah, I'm thirty-three. Okay, thirty-five. He's thirty-four. I, we played at Bowling Green. Okay. At least started at Bowling Green. I swear we played you. Oh, nice! At some point while you were there, then. But so we. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So we uh, that was our we started in football and then did a bunch of stuff, got into video, and now what well, we do we do video marketing content for brands and people. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, how did you get yeah, into? This is awesome. Yeah, how did you get into all this video stuff? I always wanted to make movies ever since I was a kid. You yeah. Know, this was something that I dreamed of and, you know, I was just kind of made to do. And, uh, you know, when I got done playing football, I went out and did movie trailers and I was in LA for a year doing that. And in that year time, my coach got fired 
and I was like, oh man, but they hired my dad's best friend, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, this is cool, and so they hired me back to come working at school, and I, I started getting into documentary then, I did like a follow series with the football team, and um, cool. kind of got my feet wet in sports documentary world, and then from there started my own company, and you know, what, eight years later, I'm doing 30 for 30, it's pretty how, sick. How crazy is that? When you, when you look that at, like, so awesome. ESPN 30 for 30 is, like, you know, the pinnacle of, like, sports docs at this point. I know, man. I know. I mean, that's that was honestly, like, what my dream was when I first saw him come out. I was like, you know, because I think a little bit when you when you first, you're out of film school, you're kind of like, man, I want to do narrative film. And you always, and I still have that desire a little bit. I think I'll do it. But documentary kind of felt like, am I compromising my dream to do this? Yeah. And then, you know, when I saw 30 for 30 come out, I was like, oh, God, these guys are doing it right. <laughs> and it kind of made me feel like I was at home with my dream. And so to be able to do it, I'm like, this is exactly what I was made to do. Yeah. We, so we, we started a video four years ago. Something like that, yeah. Three, four I, can, years I can barely move my neck. I yeah. fucked up my neck the other day. God damn. Power cleaning or snatching. No, I, I, I clean, and, clean and jerk. <laughs> and it was like lightweight. I put it over my head. Anyway, 35. That's what happens. But, uh, don't do that stuff anymore, man. I know, like, after that. I, football, you, gotta, like, you don't take... No, man, you gotta take your pants off at the beach. You need to right. the strange, like, chest and arms. Yeah, I feel you, yeah, I feel you, yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially, we're right by, we're like a mile from the beach right now. But, uh, <laughs> so we, we've been doing video for like four years. And again, it's usually like smaller stuff for brands or, not necessarily smaller stuff, but stuff for brands and, and um, small businesses. And we pitched, last year, we pitched... Um, year and a half ago maybe yeah. at this point uh so my freshman year was urban meyer's second year at bowling green his first college job so we pitched we talked she talked to espn got um to like the second or third round i don't know how exactly they worked that but we we got their emails had a phone screening and they're like just not enough and we were kind of pitching urban as like uh, like his startup like his first gig his startup bunch of crazy stories stuff like that and never got past that point uh, they just like it wasn't enough yeah. for them, and then six months later, we had all that craziness go down at Ohio State and Zach Smith, who was my roommate my freshman year in college, yeah. uh, and and all that yeah. nuts. Uh, so we never really got past that. How did you? How did this all come about on your end? Did you pitch something? Did they come to you? What was the deal? Yeah, no, I pitched. Um, so basically, I I do a lot of cinematography for ESPN, hmm. and so I have a background with working with a ton of their producers, and I've gained a lot of trust within the sports, um, you know, genre. Right. And having done a long form documentary with Showtime before, you know, especially dealing with mixed martial arts uh, in Muay Thai, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that was really big. And you know, so what I did is I I, went and I pitched this project and you know it was on two guys that could kind of check a bunch of boxes right you know it could check the box of you could tell the history of, of the sport you could check uh the the growth of the sport and you can check these background stories of these rivals who are the most iconic two fighters you know in the ufc and so i think it might have been the fastest greenlit 30 for 30 yeah. ever because they were like yeah sounds great let's do this yeah and and another thing too is they had this um they had this third fight element where you had something that you don't really typically see in a 30 for 30 where they're going to fight again and you have the opportunity to follow them up to um, the conclusion of the trilogy. 
and and so I think all those things combined made a perfect fit. Yeah, I sorry you didn't watch that, did you? Yeah, you got the fight? No, no, I got the fight. Yeah. That third fight, I thought that was interesting that you included that in there, and because uh, yeah. it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. Chuck, when when Chuck went out yeah. there, uh, he, I mean, it was, he was limping going out there. I was like, holy shit, you know. And it, for me, it was a last minute decision yeah. even to buy it, but it was it was interesting to see the the finish to it. I guess I mean they're not going to do it again. Right. Was that was that your call or who else within the the group? of people behind the, the movie what, uh, what idea was it to put that in there yeah that was what really intrigued me about it I think for hmm. me it checked a bunch of boxes I typically do follow documentaries I don't really do historical documentaries yeah. and I didn't really have interest in doing a ton of historical documentaries um, even though this one kind of turned into a little bit of a historical sure. documentary you know it was something that uh you know, I don't typically do. And so that was what got me excited about it was that you got to see the conclusion of this chapter. You got to kind of see firsthand like what the apes of the sport are doing to different guys. This is really the first class of people that have gone through it. We've seen mm-hmm. what boxing does to Muhammad Ali. We've seen what boxing does to other, you know, fighting athletes. And this isn't a knock on the UFC. We just haven't seen what it does. You know, any big corporation, whether it's MLB, um, NBA, NFL, um, especially NFL, you're able to see, hey, this is kind of like the sacrifice that these guys put themselves through in order to compete at this high level. So that intrigues me. And then you also have this element where, you know, Tito Ortiz has been saying, we need to be in the boxing model. We need, we should be getting more of the cut. We should be getting more of this. And um, he finally gets that. And you also have Chuck's character changing to where, you know, initially he was saying, no, I'm fine with this model. I'm fine with this model. Let's just fight. And then Chuck Liddell himself, you know, is back in wanting this model. So I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting as well. You know, so those elements to it, I think, is why it was included ultimately in the film. Did you have any issues logistically putting these people together? Was anyone kind of hands off at first or no? No, they were all, they're all really professional and they're cool. Um, cool. They both said yes to the project very, very early on. You know, I think one of the things I'm proud about this project is that I think it gives Tito, um, for the first time, his due and his place in UFC history. I think a lot of the other products that have been made about him have um, made him as kind of like an afterthought, like he's the guy that got knocked out by Chuck. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think in this film, it, it shows that he was a significant part to the UFC being what it is today. Yeah, how, how, how long of a process, so from, from getting accepted in your pitch and everything to wrapping everything up, logistics, and then editing, how long of a process is that from start to finish? It was, it was I think it was like 14 months, okay. you know, hmm. and so it's been, it might have been a little bit less than that, uh, but yeah, it was, it was over a year, you know, um, and it came together fast, man. <laughs> I mean, we got this thing going because that third fight was happening, and, and what I found is often when there's a deadline like that, like we got to go, things tend to happen a lot faster. (laughs) And so, um, you know, yeah. And so it, it moved really quick and, uh, you know, it felt like neck brace, neck breaking speed when we were in editing. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a long, long process for sure. Yeah. 14 months. So what, what would you ideally time wise? What would that, what would you want to have to produce something like that? 
I think that's about right. You know, I think the hard part for us was that we had to start editing pretty late. And then, um, you know, our schedule was kind of changing because they were trying to figure out the best time to air it. You know, so it was originally going to air in January, then it got moved up, and then it got moved back. And so I think whenever oh, you have sure. a moving timeline, it's nobody's fault. It's just a programming, you know, thing that you got to figure out. And as a filmmaker, you just gotta you just gotta figure it out, man. And so, yeah, um, I think I think it, it was a good timeline, though. You know, we got everything. Um, put together and that's about what you need any faster than that man it's pretty brutal yeah you got to have at least 16 weeks of edit you know at least in order to get your head around it is it's kind of a process you know there's a story you write a story you shoot and a story you edit and you hope that the story you edit is close to the one that you imagine Mm -hmm. yeah and um that's just kind of how the process works yeah why now did it come out yesterday what was the timing around what was the thought process for them yeah so i think there's a big fight that's coming up um on the 18th or something like that and so they wanted to get it on air and then on espn plus on the 18th and so i think that, that oh, okay. was the best time that they that they had to center on this big fight that's coming up are you watch do you watch all the fights we're we so we background on us for, for ufc perspective we used to be our uncle would would come with uh, Tank Abbott VHSs and UFC one two like the old not not one two I guess but like four or five whatever Tank Abbott was around we were like thirteen yeah whatever we were yeah. young and you'd be like no girls we're going downstairs and we're watching you know UFC and these it would be Tank Abbott just yeah. ah, no, murking people yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then we stopped watching for 10, 15 years and we got got really back into it starting with the the Ronda Holly fight. Four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. Yeah, just about four. And now we watch everything. Yep. Like we don't. Yeah. We yeah. don't miss an ESPN Plus card. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a process for me. I think when I I remember in middle school, high school, you know them being in the back of the video store and you kind of walk by and you're like, what is this? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. You're just kind of like the curious kid. Yeah. And you're sitting yeah. there, you're like. I guess this is really bloody and I want to see it for some reason. Right, I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. And then you might go to a slumber party and somebody has one. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, let's fast forward to the part where the guy gets kicked in the nuts. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you watch that part over and over and over. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the video games for me, you know, playing with Chuck Liddell, just doing the Superman punch over and over uh-huh. and yep. over, yep. you know. And, uh, I mean, that was kind of the background that I had prior to it. You know, I enjoyed it casually, but I wasn't a super fan until I really started digging in. And now I think it's uh, my favorite sport. Us too. That's how we are too. We were former, like, you know, NFL was the top. And now, like, MMA, like, we don't miss any MMA. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's different. Once you dive in and, like, like yourself, like, the storytelling around it has been so much better the last handful of years. And I think that helps draw people to the sport too. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It, it you know, and when you understand the sport a little bit better, you appreciate it a little bit more because you understand the athleticism that these guys have. It's not just, oh, this guy, you know, could punch really hard. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, oh, man, this guy is actually a freak athlete. When you watch John Jones fight, you're like, this guy's next level, man. Mm-hmm. You know, or you watch Stylebender, you're like, I appreciate so much about this. He's, he's just on a different level. Yeah, we've done a handful of videos with people more in like the like almost embedded like videos where there's seven to 10 minute clips. And, uh, you know, we've been in the training sessions. We've been a part of that. Like you're, you see that, you see what really goes into it. You got a whole new appreciation for it. And for me, the toughness, like even I never, my first fight going to in person was Conor Khabib last year. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. I know. My first one. Uh, Like what? 
that's a, that's a good one to start on, right? Uh, but you know, like even just being there in person, we we're like 15 rows up. Like to be there to see that, it's so different than even just watching it on TV. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and they do a better job with their live production than any other sports team ever. No, nope, not even you close. Know, I mean, you you go and you're like, oh, I mean, it is very much. Have you ever been to like a WWE yeah. event? Yeah, yeah, not yeah, like ten years, but like yeah. That. Yeah, it's like that only with like real thrills when you you're just hanging on the edge of your seat to see somebody get knocked out. And the undercards are great. I think that's the thing that people don't realize is yeah. not just like the main event. Like I'll watch anyone pick somebody out of the stands and get kicked in the face. <laughs> right. and it's gonna yeah. be like this is sweet. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? yeah totally. and, and you underestimate that, and they make the spectacle just as big. And so it's really fun. Yeah, we've uh, so we you've been uh, you only went to the one. So my UFC. Yeah, a couple, a couple. Yeah, oh yeah, we went to, yeah. Anyway, but I've been to four now, and every one I go to, I'm there for the first fight, and I watch every fight through. I could, oh jeez, yeah, a real trooper. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My uh, so my lady, her dad coaches a couple of guys. He uh, trains Uriah Hall. Used to chael, uh, used to train Chael Sonnen, and works with a couple of guys. Roy Nelson for his next fight. So he uh, when Uriah had the fight. In LA, when they had to move the John's Jones thing, yeah, they were right here in our backyard. So we went to that fight, and same thing with her. Like we're there first fight, we're there the whole damn card. That's awesome. Well, hey, you pay for it, might as well, yeah. right? Uh, well, no, we didn't. But sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was free. Yeah. Hey, let me get with you guys. Yeah. Let me come hang out with you guys yeah. next. Deal, you deal. Guys the, you guys are getting the McGregor seats. Come on, man. <laughs> so, so that what that was? Yeah. I know that was crazy. So we, we worked with uh, AirAsia. We did some video content for them. And the yeah. guy hits us up Thursday night yep. before the fight and was like, hey, do you guys want to go? I got two tickets, because AirAsia is a partner of theirs. I got two more tickets, yeah. you guys want to go? Tim had just gone to Hawaii with his family like the day before, yeah. two days before. And he's like, dude, I can't come on like two days notice to, to go see it. So I take my lady and I was like, hey, you want to go? She's, I'm in, let's go. So we end up going that next day. And that's our Jeez. first fight ever. I know, right? That is awesome. That is <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was pretty damn good. Craziest fight of all time. There you go. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they jumped in, it was crazy. I was uh -huh. watching on TV, like, I was like, I think you guys at Buffalo Wild Wings. So, like, <laughs> you were at the fight. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. Right, <laughs> right. And now you're doing the 30 for 30 on the UFC, and we're, know, we're talking to you through FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny about that too, a bunch of people were like texting us like, are you guys okay? And we're like, it's not that serious. It might look like, look at the news. It might look like craziness is ensuing, but it wasn't that big of yeah. a deal. <laughs> you kind of got that McGregor look to you. you know, I've, you I've, some, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten that a few times. I got that one time at an airport. This was like four years ago before. It was starting to get big, but not blown up yet. And someone was like, you're a UFC fighter, aren't you? And I was like, no, but I'm 6'1", by you're the like, way. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I will give you an autograph for five hundred. Yeah, right, you're right, right. <laughs> Picture autograph right now, five hundred bucks. Yeah. Tell you what, I'll let you take me uh, to a nice restaurant. Yeah, right. Yeah. Deal. So, what uh, about the film? What would you have done differently now that you can step back, look, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback from either on Twitter or you know people sending you texts and calls. Is there anything you would have done differently from a from a movie perspective? Oh no, I mean, you know, I think that. Whenever you make something and you stare at it for so long, I think I've seen the film 2,000 times, yeah. you know, at least. 
you know, I think there's always like nitpicky things that uh, you could look at and be like, uh, a music transition, man. Uh, if I like that uh-huh. that's the kind of stuff that I look at more than anything but I think that you know I'm really proud of the way that it came out and I think that you know given all of the uh, all of the things that went into making this I think that we made the best film possible for sure I thought it was great why I know Chuck and Tito were the the guys um, it, like the focus of it and they were the guys at the time of the UFC that really helped blow it up but a lot of people when they say you know, the UFC blew up, they talk about the ultimate fighter and that, that fight between Stefan Bonner and Forrest. Why go the route of Chuck and Tito instead of focusing on that and when it blew up from that perspective? Because like in the film, you obviously talk about it, it's a big, big part of it, but it, was, it starts with Chuck and Tito and then you, know, you go to that part of it. Yeah, because I think when you look at the show, it's like that show was really significant because what it did at the time um, is it popular. It, it put a name to a face, right? And um, you know, everybody's saying Forrest Griffith. Yeah, there was those were the guys that fought. You know, Forrest and um, whatever the other guy's name was. Stephen Bonner. Bonner. Um, yeah, Stephen Bonner. Yeah, you know, they go out and they fight and. Those guys were great, but those guys didn't become like stars like Chuck and Tito, right? You know, or Chuck and Randy even, you sure. know. And so you kind of look at those things and you go, "That was great," but Chuck, Randy and Chuck were the coaches, and they were the ones who were kind of like centered around it. It was fun because at the time reality television was really big, uh, Survivor, Big Brother, like yeah. all of that stuff. And so what it, the show did is it said, "This could be my brother. This could be my friend." It put like a backstory to these guys so they weren't just monsters. Yeah. And the person who really exploded from it was Chuck Liddell because they're—he's the guy that they continued to market after the Ultimate Fighter, and he had that iconic look. It's like he—you yeah. could, could have changed his face. And the fact that he was, uh, you saw the mohawk, mm-hmm. if you saw the back of his head, you would know that that was a UFC. Mohawk fight. and the yeah. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, man. You know, it's like you could have made a silhouette of Chuck Liddell and been like UFC. Yeah. That's what you looked at. People didn't even know MMA. People knew UFC. Pe- people know? still will be like, good. people still refer to it as UFC, not MMA. Yeah. Are you a UFC? Fucker. Yeah. Do you do UFC? <laughs> yeah. 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 I know, right? Yeah. It's just kind of what it is. And, and right, wrong, or indifferent. I, I, you know, I haven't watched much Bellator. I, I know it's a, a great um, organization as well. But what everybody looks at the pinnacle being the UFC. It's yeah. True. No doubt. Yeah. Timmy, anything? Yeah. Who? So, okay. so you, you did the the Chuck and Tito is like the the roots the history of it do you have an idea for like a 2.0 the new era the new wave is there a rivalry that you uh would might be pitching yeah pitching you or pitching espn or have oh i haven't pitched any more um you know projects right now i mean man these things take so much of your time and energy you know i'm just trying to kind of like regroup now (laughs) and just kind of like enjoy it i think often in this business man you know like you go, 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 and you forget the rest element of it, you know, yeah. and the celebration part of it. So sure. I'm kind of trying to, you know, transition to that phase. But what I will say, if there was one rivalry that I think definitely needs the treatment, it would be Diaz and McGregor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that is the crazy, one of the craziest rivalries because these guys. Were so good on the mic, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, you know, Chuck or Tito was good on the mic, you know, but nobody's like Connor on the mic. And the fact that Nate, you know, he'd just take it. He was a lot like Chuck Liddell in that he would just take a punch. I mean, his face was disintegrated when he fought. And he he finds a way. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, you know. And, and I think, you know, if there's one rivalry out there, I was like, eh, that one's pretty good. Yeah, and I think a, that one jumps out the most to me, too. And they do have the, the interim BMF title coming up. Did you see Connor's tweet about that? Are, are you familiar? Oh, no, but I'm guessing. Well, you know, the, I'm guessing it was pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was fun. Because oh. they're, they're calling it the BMF title with Masvidal and, oh, and Diaz. Yeah. yeah. Because he said it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was. I'm sure that was like uh, by accident too, right? Well, yeah. because Nate said after the fight, he said, "We're the baddest motherfuckers. I want to fight Masvidal for the BMF title." And so now it's the, yeah. it's this. But then Connor, awesome. yeah. I know it is awesome. It's funny as shit. And then Connor tweeted the other day, maybe within the last week, probably he goes, "When is that interim BMF title?" By the way, obviously, oh. obviously calling for a hopefully a trilogy. Yeah. Or Masvidal if he has to fight him. But but there you go. There's your trilogy. There's your story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really great UFC stories. I think that's one thing that's really special about fighting is that, you know, you have the most primitive sport, you know, and the most primitive thing. You know, you're going, hey, uh, two men testing each other against each other. I mean, that's like, that's caveman stuff right there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it amounts to a lot of drama. And so uh, you're going to have no shortage of stories. And, I, and I'd expect a lot more 30 to 30s in that genre. Or, or Ronda somewhere. In the, not There's a rivalry, but Ronda's, Ronda, like Ronda's a ridiculous no story. Yeah. Yeah. Ronda's just waiting. I'm sure they're just finding the right director to do it because, you know, it's got to be um, it's got to be the right person. That story's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool, dude. Anything? No. That's it. I know you're busy. You need that rest, recovery, celebration. Hide out in Kansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next time you're here in LA, let's well, this link is the up. Place to do it. There's nothing. Yeah. This is the place to do it, man. There's nothing to do. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. so, I barely had. I barely had reception. Hence this. Uh, it worked. It yeah. worked. Shit. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> we appreciate your time. We'll, uh, any, next time you're out in LA, we'd love to link up. We can hang out, get some coffee, talk some shit. I uh, know, man. It sounds like you guys are high rollers. I'll just like hang on. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. We're the highest of high rollers. Yeah. As, as we do a podcast in my living room right here. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. right. Cool, guys. All right, dude. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, later. Take care. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Again, use our code BS at rcitycoffee.com. You'll get 15% off any and all coffee orders. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to drink all that sugar shit on, at that corner coffee shop. Get some real good quality coffee. You're an adult. Step your game up. Again, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.